Which generation is being referred to by experts as the most resilient generation, not being as flustered with all the added financial stress? This is the Seven Figures Podcast, smart money strategies for women with Sandy Waters. Let the equity in your home work to your advantage with an introductory rate of 1.25% with the home equity line of credit from Advantage Federal Credit Union. Equal Housing Lender, member NCUA. Thank you for taking a sec to listen to the Seven Figures podcast. We're adding a new episode every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, maybe even an extra one here or there. If you click subscribe, you'll get the notification. Okay, today, which generation is the most resilient? We talked about it this morning on the radio show. Erica's on every Monday and Friday. She's a certified financial planner at the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. And you always have a wealth of information for us. And you always make us feel better about our finances. Aww. You do. You, the way that you present it feels like, oh, okay, okay. I can do this. Yeah. It's all right. It's not, it's not such a big deal. It, I, it isn't. <laughs> it, yeah. Well, it, it's interesting because, you know, the kids are ready to cram and get done with the school year, which I mm-hmm. believe this is the last week of active work that they get. Mm-hmm. And my 14-year-old has been our struggle. <laughs> and uh, I laid everything out for him. We sat down. We kind of blocked everything out and put each hour what he should be working on in order to get caught up and, and done by Friday. And I literally saw the stress fall off of this child. Now, I don't know how I didn't figure this out 11 weeks ago, but (laughs) (laughs) of course we're doing it right down to the wire. Last week of it. (laughs) Yeah, but he's checking checking each hour when he does it, and he said, Mom, I've never never felt this stress-free. And I said, ding, 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 this is what I do. I mean, I do everything great, but this is what I do. I take something that's extremely... It looks overwhelming, and and you just have to make it manageable. Yeah, awesome. yeah. We thought so today wanted to focus on the millennials and the impact of all of this on yeah. them financially. And I saw somewhere that they're referred to as the most resilient generation because they pretty much persevere through the Great Recession. Now they're faced with this, and they're like, "Oh yeah." been there done that got this this is no <laughs> yeah and you know it's that they are resilient and they have been through so much but unfortunately they are also the unluckiest generation mm. in u.s history wow and this is really this is where the financial industry really needs to step up because the way that the boomers wanted to take on financial information and the way that they wanted to retire and what they dealt with, and then we're Gen X, mm-hmm. uh, it's not the same. So after accounting for what we're currently going through, the average millennial has experienced slower economic growth since entering the workforce than any other generation in U.S. history. You're talking 81 to 96, the, those yeah, years, so, right? Yeah, roughly. I mean, mm. everybody has a little bit of a different take, but it's sure. roughly between 1981, so that huge group of kids born between 81 and 96 and I say kids but they're not anymore I mean 81 you're approaching 40 years old yeah. so this is when you should be reaching that that you know higher earning yeah. potential smoothing out right by then now they have um they have been they've had a lifetime that's been wrapped in recession so those oldest 
of the millennials came started coming out of college right as we had Y2K and then the tech bubble burst, and we were in a recession until 2003. Mm-hmm. So they were entering the workforce then. Finally started to get momentum, and then, as Sandy said, we hit 08 and 09, which was just devastating. Mm-hmm. And they lost more jobs than any other generation during that time period. And they just, they never recovered from it. And they just were not prepared for this. And so what it's going to end up doing is they're going to have these economic scars for the rest of their life in forms of lower earnings, lower wealth, delayed milestones. So we used, you know, the millennials have gotten such a bad rap along the way because We've said, oh, they don't. They just don't want to buy houses. They just don't want to do. No, they literally can't mm. because they are having a really hard time between their student loans and between everything they've dealt with in in what would be their their really growth years in their employment positions and their abilities to move up and then to obviously gain more momentum with earnings. Yeah. So are they perceiving money? Are they viewing money and savings in a different way because of it? Well, I think that there's a disconnect between what's available to them and what they should be doing. And so mm-hmm. uh, as Gen Xers, I think we were, the first gen, we were the first generation that we really started to realize, okay, a lot of this retirement responsibility is going to fall on our shoulders. Mm-hmm. So I, I speak for most of us when I say we don't have a lot of pensions left anymore uh, unless you work in the public sector right. or the handful of, of private companies that still offer pensions. So, so we're, we're the first generation to really be hit with that reality. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we have had a, a pretty lucky run in terms of when we went out into the workforce and being able to handle the setbacks that come with each one of these recessions. And so we didn't have this. I mean, I know my my tuition was nowhere near what these kids are dealing with now. Yeah. I, th- I say kids again. They're not kids. When I um, went to Geneseo, I think the tuition was like 2700 bucks for the year. Yeah. It, it was so different. <laughs> and so they have so much that they're facing. And unfortunately, it's time for them to get real. They have to start thinking about the fact that they are, granted, still very young, but now is the time that they can really start to kind of correct things and mm-hmm. move in a direction that will will have them not have to work for the rest of their lives. So, but what can we do? What's advice that you would give that generation yeah. specifically? So but whenever we're talking about generations, let's be careful not to be painting everybody with a broad brush, but yes. this particular, every generation, the reason that they're, they finally, we can look back and say that they are, defined by certain years is because they are a cohort. They share very similar either belief systems, values, or the way that they approach jobs, the way they approach their their purchases. They have a lot of similarities. And Mm. so when we just look at the generation, I'm not saying that that there aren't outliers. they They were the first generation that really looked at um, live, living life kind of to the fullest and experiencing things. And when they looked at things at work, they wanted more perks like flexible time and, you know, the ability to take a nap during the day. I mean, this is some of the stuff uh, that goes on at, 
you know, Google and some of these other companies. And that is very true. You're right. And we, we actually had a discussion on the air about this one uh, girl. She was in her 20s. Remember, Scotty? She reached out to me and she was like, can you help me find a job that we couldn't even understand her message, Erica? We were trying to decipher it. It was like that has yeah. a work-life balance that agrees and aligns with my future. It was yeah. so like this perfect painting of a workplace that does not yeah. exist. <laughs> yeah, and, and so we as, you know, Gen Xers or boomers, that kind of stuff was just, I don't, it would be nice, but we were more concerned with what kind of benefits do we have and mm. is there a 401k match and do I have room for advancement, et cetera, et cetera. So, what we're starting to see and what really needs to happen is that millennials are getting older mm-hmm. and your prime working years are, are you're, you're heading into them. So I think the priorities need to shift a bit. I'm not saying that work-life balance isn't wonderful. I'm, it's, it's critical. However, you do have to start to focus on, on the bottom line as well. And so um, kind of, making your financial freedom your number one goal because retirement to millennials, they don't even think about it. Mm. The word retirement doesn't even register because either they're just loving life or they're saying, I'm never going to be able to retire. So why even consider it? Mm. So you really need to think of it more as just financial freedom that when you're going to work and you're going through the the day-to-day responsibilities that you have that just have a focus on the fact that what you're doing is going to allow you to have more choices. So making that a priority, a priority every day, and then trying to find ways to actively boost your income. So we know from the last conversation that this generation has just been blasted by recessions. They've been blasted by lower earnings. So it's not going to be that easy for them to walk in and say, hey, I want a 15% raise. It's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So those side hustles might be huge. This is a very educated generation, and they have a lot of talent, especially when it comes to technology. So there are innovative ways that they could be bringing in uh, just side income, whether that's freelancing or uh, I don't understand how to do this stuff, but people have YouTube channels and Mm -hmm. They can, um, you know, provide their services outside of their regular jobs. Obviously, don't let it affect your regular job, right. but um, they are young enough, I have to say. If somebody said to me to take on more responsibility, it would be a little tough. I'm a little tired these days. But this is a younger generation that um, has time and they um, have energy. Uh, you want to invest in appreciating assets. So that's the other thing is millennials tend to be more conservative investors because they've dealt with how many market drops. Mm -hmm. So they are not as aggressively invested as our previous generations were at this time in our lives. But they do recognize, though, the importance of it, right? Do they recognize? Okay. Well, I don't, they, they understand that they need to save but they don't understand that they need to be saving more aggressively. Ah, so okay. this is a time period where you can, I mean, it stinks because you're putting money in and you're watching it fall when the markets mm, are down, mm. but you are truly buying stocks at a huge discount. Right. So you, at this point you should be heavily invested in high appreciating assets. So like I said, the stock market, real estate, um, you know, things that, 
we know are going to appreciate. Don't have that much in savings. Don't have it all in bonds. And please, please, please make sure that you're looking for ways to to earn far more money in your investments than just simply, you know, setting aside savings. Right. So trying to be a little more aggressive, even though their tendency is to be more conservative when it comes to yeah. money. Yeah. Well, because yeah. they've, I mean, let's face it. They, if they started investing in 2000, they lost money. Yeah. They recovered it and then they lost a ton of money in 08 and 09. Then <laughs> they recovered it and here we are again. And then so, hello. <laughs> it's <yeah>. June. However, <laughs> this one seems to be not nearly as uh, prolonged. How, but, but they are definitely, like I said, more conservative, which is now is our prime years to be earning significant returns in our savings and investments. Um, automate, automate, automate. So just set everything up to just automatically be contributing to your 401ks, transferring money from checking into savings or into higher yielding savings accounts. Just have your credit cards automatically set up for payment. Mm. This way you just know that things are just happening and you don't have to think twice about it. Uh, know where your money's going. We talk about this all the time. That just look at your bills instead of just throwing them aside. Look at each one and scrutinize them. Is there ways that you can be saving? And and this generation is is really good. And I think I think they're called the Zoomers or the are our kids. Mm. Um, that oh, are, really? Zoomers? Yeah. I think, who knows what they're going to call them, but I think yeah. they're calling them Zoomers. I don't know why. Um, because Zoom but... paid for that. That's a marketing strategy right there. Yeah. 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 They can all relate so, to that word. Yeah. yeah. So they're, you know, they're all, um, these these kids are all extremely technologically savvy, but they, they do forget kind of the small minutiae things, which is, you know, why did I get that service charge? Why did that you know, bill go up slightly. Mm. So be very cognizant of where it's going. It's funny, Erica. And, we have this uh, true bill thing that we talked yep, about with apps. Yep. We just got we just got some great news from them. They they talked down and negotiated one of our accounts almost a hundred dollars a month. Wow. Wow. Yeah, we were like, damn. So look up true bill on apps. It really it cuts out all the tiny little things you don't know you're paying. Yeah, yes. and that and like we talked about before those. You know, you sign up for something and you forget that you signed up for it and now you're getting charged. Even if it's $9 a month, it's mm. still $9 a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you should, it's, you know, some of it's just old school. You should be paying yourself first. Fun money should happen last. Uh, you, know, you really want to make sure that you know exactly what you're bringing in and exactly where it's going. And this is not new. It's just new to them because... They haven't really had to think about it. It's been more about survival. We have this giant loan coming due every month from college, mm-hmm. and I'm just I'm just living. And yeah, trying it's to just pay back to zero off, again. It's just back you know? to zero again. And so this is going to be a little bit different. Where it is really time for us to pull up our you know big boy pants and say, okay, I have to start thinking about what the next thirty and forty years are going to look like because, quite frankly. You may think you're never going to retire, but that doesn't mean that your company thinks you're never going to retire. So, so if you're, uh, your kids are born between 81 and 96. This is the perfect conversation to have. CFP, Erica Cummings from the Harmony Financial Wellness Group at RBC Wealth Management. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again on Friday.